sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two in the morning after live right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. You're also watching all across the Spiz Grizz Network. I am Ben Stevens. The college football season is coming ever so close. The unofficial kickoff to the 2022 CFB campaign happening as we speak. It is talking season before fall camp begins across the country, giving way to the actual regular season in 2022. What does talking season mean? Media days across conferences across the nation. The Big 12 started it last week in Arlington, Texas. Over the next four days for the SEC, media days has already begun. It started yesterday. It continues today until Thursday. The ACC underway tomorrow in Charlotte as well. So we are going to get tons of conversation around the country about the ever-evolving landscape of college sports and specifically college football. All that is changing in this sport that we love so much, the transfer portal, name image likeness and of course over the last month and a half really over the last year dating back to last summer and the seismic shift in the sec with texas and oklahoma going to join that league it has been conference realignment which has left other conferences scrambling and having to respond to what the two power conferences of the sec and now the big 10 within the last month, adding USC and UCLA for 2024 have really led the way in terms of conference realignment, which has left schools like the Big 12 losing their two premier programs in Texas and OU and the Pac-12 losing their two flagship programs as well and USC and UCLA to try to stay above water. There was some conversation potentially between the Big 12 and the Pac-12 just to join forces. However many uh, member institutions were left in either of those leagues, they would come together and form their own super conference. There were actual conversations, long, lengthy conversations, taking place over Zoom over the last couple of weeks between the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and league officials, maybe some university presidents in there as well to see if it was feasible for these two conferences to join forces but it seems those talks have stalled for the time being or maybe forever in terms of the 12s the big 12 and the pac 12 truly joining forces that does not mean though that conference realignment will slow down might some member institutions from the pac 12 try to make their way to the big 12 we had reports just a couple of weeks ago that the big 12 was aggressively targeting schools from the pac 12 like oregon and utah and the schools from arizona and Washington and Colorado as well. So we'll have to see how that all stacks up moving forward. But as of right now, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 truly joining forces does not seem to be feasible. But as conference realignment continues to churn, a school, of course, we will all pay attention to, that is Notre Dame, who is independent at the moment and is looking to stay independent. They will be flawed, uh, they will be a team to pay attention to for both the Big Ten and even 
the SEC. But as Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports reported yesterday, Notre Dame is in conversations with TV networks, specifically NBC, that houses their rights right now to remain independent. And the Irish would need $75 million annually in terms of that TV rights contract to remain an independent program to compete with the likes of the SEC and the Big Ten, who are going to get substantially more money for their TV rights deals here in the future. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience. All of our affiliates now in the mix. I am Ben Stevens. So, Notre Dame still looking to, ma- to remain independent. But that, of course, is all the future of how things stack up. It is a change for Notre Dame this year at the head coaching position, as Marcus Freeman, the former defensive coordinator, now elevated to that head coaching role so what does that mean for the odds for the 2022 season for the irish still looked on relatively favorably in that odds market a win total of eight and a half where the over has the juice right now at minus 140 an indication from the FanDuel sportsbook that notre dame can be expected to win at least nine regular season games in 2022 to get to double digits that's plus 200 and to win a national championship 60 to 1 right now tied for the seventh best price alongside Michigan in that national championship market it will be a very tough test for Marcus Freeman in his true debut in his inaugural season as the head coach of Notre Dame on the road against Marcus Freeman's alma mater that would be the Ohio State Buckeyes the Buckeyes the second best price to win a national championship and for that season opener in Columbus the line continues to work in favor of Ohio State. 14 and a half now, that price on the Buckeyes as the favored side, greater than two touchdowns against Notre Dame. The former Notre Dame head coach is now the new head coach in the Bayou, in Bahan Rouge for LSU. And Brian Kelly, in his first SEC media days, did not display the Southern accent we all wished that he would. His new fame down there in the bayou but what is the relative level and fair expectation for the bayou Bengals in 2022 well it's more modest than that of his former school in notre dame only six and a half for a win total notice the price on the conference and the national championship long odds in the sec but the same price at 100 to 1 to win a national title it's still win total tuesday megan payton is on the other side but she's been taken in the festivities at All-Star Week for Major League Baseball. We check in next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It is, of course, another win total Tuesday here on the morning after on Sports Grid on a Tuesday. But it is also the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Tonight, the Midsummer Classic in Los Angeles. So live from L.A. joining us right now, it is Megan Payton, who has been a part of the All-Star experience all week long there in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium, taking in the festivities. MP was there yesterday ahead of the Home Run Derby, and she joins us here now on TMA. Megan, thank you so much for waking up early with us out in LA on this Tuesday morning after what has been, I'm pretty sure, a rather hectic week for you. 
Ben, thank you for having me on. Um, it's been so fun out here in L.A. Just getting to experience. I mean, you know, we saw the Fan Fest, what it was like for the Super Bowl, and now getting to see it here yeah. for All-Star Experience. I mean, they've gone all out. You've got so many fun events. Everyone is so excited. The Celebrity All-Star Game was absolutely insane. I was just talking to you off camera. Bad Bunny, I mean, star of the show. And he actually yeah. got to put the chain championship on Soto. So pretty cool, pretty cool so far out here in L.A. Yeah, you saw how hyped Juan Soto was to see Bad Bunny approaching yeah. him. You saw Miguel Cabrera hyping up the entire crowd and was so excited to see Bad Bunny as well. All part of the wonderful festivities during All-Star Week at Dodger Stadium. And MP, you were there yesterday inside Dodger Stadium ahead of the Home Run Derby. How would you describe the atmosphere right now in Los Angeles? The atmosphere is insane. I mean, of course, there's going to be a majority of Dodgers fans out there in L.A., but I mean, I'm seeing Angels. We're seeing a lot of Oakland A's fans, and if you've heard Dub's speech on the Oakland A's, he is not a fan, so we've been getting some fun reactions oh. out there, but everyone's excited. You know, it's it's they always do it, I feel like, a little bit better than the Pro Bowl, to be honest. You know, it's hyped. Yep. I mean, the stadium's packed. Everyone, Everyone's just really, really looking forward to it. Obviously, the Home Run Derby uh, last night w was pretty cool to see. Juan Soto being now the second youngest player to ever win. He's 23 years yep. old. All the trade talks, whatever he says, doesn't matter. I'm going to go out there and do what I do. Uh, pretty, pretty cool so far, Ben. It has been so cool to see Juan Soto, one of the bright young stars uh, 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 around right now, surrounded is what I'm trying to say, in some trade discussions at the All-Star break. But Julio Rodriguez, the J-Rod show last night, only 21 as well. A heavy odds-on favorite, by the way, for Rodriguez to win the American League Rookie of the Year. So the Home Run Derby MP gives way to the Midsummer Classic tonight and the All-Star Game. And currently, the National League, a very ever-so-slight favorite at minus 110 with the American League, who has dominated the All-Star Game as of late at minus 106 as the underdogs. MP, the AL has won the All-Star Game eight consecutive years. Can the National League break that streak tonight in Los Angeles? Let's do it, Ben. You know I have to take the National League with the Dodgers out here in L.A. And not only has it been eight years in a row, it's actually been 20 of the past 24 years. So a, a big margin for the NL uh, to compete with. But with Manny Machado, I think Mookie Betts, who, that's who I'm big on uh, right now. Ronald Acuna, uh, Trey Turner, I really feel like they can get it done. Um, you know, off the bench, we're going to see Pete Alonso, Soto again. This this to me is the time to shine for the NL. So I'm taking the minus money. I know they're slight favorites. Let's break the streak. And this would be the perfect fit out here at Dodger Stadium, Ben. I like the pick, MP. I like the confidence for the National League. If it's ever going to happen, maybe it's inside Dodger Stadium. With Kershaw getting the start for the NL tonight, all that cosmic energy. It's just a small trip down the five as MP knows, with her L.A. traffic to get to Anaheim in Angel Stadium. And Shohei Otani is the biggest star in the game right now and also the betting favorite to win the All-Star Game MVP at plus 480. MP, will you be in and around Dodger Stadium today heading up to the All-Star Game? And if so, who are you most excited to see? 
You know, I'm hoping to at least go and kind of take a peek, get the lay of the land, get some fan interactions. Um, you know, I, I said this, Mookie Betts is someone that I'm really looking forward to. He's hitting near the top. Uh, again, you know, I'm, I'm rooting all for the Dodgers here. And some cool kind of stories about Mookie Betts. He gave away like two or I believe we are having technical difficulties with Megan Payton. Hopefully she can join us again live from Los Angeles early on this Tuesday morning ahead of the All-Star break. Mookie Betts, the fourth best price at plus 950 to win that All-Star game MVP. Actually the best odds of any player playing for the National League this evening. MP is back. Whatever the reason was, the Wi-Fi crapping out in L.A. on this Tuesday morning, very briefly. But MP, you were detailing some cool stories about Mookie Betts during All-Star Week. Yeah, Ben, there's too many people out here in L.A. for All-Star Weekend. The Wi-Fi is going crazy, but Mookie Betts is someone that I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing. It's his sixth All-Star appearance, his fourth as a starter. And, and I was telling you guys just how cool it was to see. I think he gave away three different All-Star tickets through his charity. Pretty cool guy. He's playing through a fractured rib, but has been mostly healthy through the 2022 season. Uh, I believe on FanDuel Sportsbook, you can get him at plus 750 to win MVP. So I am taking Mookie bets, all bets on the Dodgers, all bets on the NL. Ben, um, I, I like what we're seeing out of Mookie so far. Oh, 950 now. We can actually get him for even oh. better. I mean, a little bit more value. And again, still the favorite if you consider the players playing for the NL tonight. MP, of course, the home run derby last night at Dodger Stadium. We have some home run props for tonight's Major League Baseball All-Star Game. All of the different ways that we can handicap the all-star festivities this evening. Look into your crystal ball, Megan. Do you think we will see a long ball tonight during the actual all-star game itself? As much as I want to say yes, Ben, I don't see it happening. So I'm going to hold off. But if I was going to bet, you know, I said I don't want to bet on, on AL, but I do think Aaron Judge would be some good value here at plus 430. Uh, obviously, we know just and how amazing of a player he is. Uh, I do see Mookie Betts there at plus 460, so it's intriguing. Hmm. But, however, I, I could see this just being, you know, one of those fun games. We might not see uh, any out-of-the-ballparks out here tonight, Ben. It's not like it's the highest-scoring affair often at Major League Baseball All-Star Games because the total is 7.5. We have gone under that number, falling exactly at 7 each of the last two Midsummer Classics. Only five of the 15 most recent All-Star games have gone over this total of seven in a hook, and only one of those five has even hit double digits. That was back in 2018 when the American League won eight to six. So as we mentioned, Megan Payton has been there at the festivities all All-Star week long in Los Angeles, even getting to take in the sights and sounds like one very large glove for your co-host on Saturday afternoons, Dubsy Anderson, who, MP, you were giving this guy a hard time. You said, even with that glove out in the outfield, Dubsy's not making any plays, not flashing the leather. How come? I'm so. I don't think Dubs has got it. We've been ragging on him all week. I'll say this, though. His pitching might have not been there. I don't think his catching is there, but I saw Ooh. him hitting some major balls out there at All-Star Experience. He can swing he threw me by surprise. We had a little bit of a competition wow. going on yesterday, hoping we can get that out there on social media for everyone to see. But uh, no, we're having fun. That's the best part about the Fan Fest, the experience there. There's there's all types of, 
of cool props, cool uh, games you can play. But no, I'm sorry, Dubs, you're not catching anything. I'm throwing shade on him on this Tuesday morning, Ben. Dubsy strikes me as a big beer league softball guy. Loves to crack a couple of cold ones out on the softball diamond, but maybe he's not the most reliable fielder out there on the diamond as well. I'm surprised, MP, that you think he has a nice baseball swing. I've seen his golf swing. It's pretty good, but those don't necessarily correlate all the time. But do not fear. I know you're looking at the calendar, and you're like, wait, isn't it Tuesday here? Isn't it a win total Tuesday if Megan Payton is in the mix on the morning after? Yes, indeed it is. We go to win total Tuesday coming up next on the other side of the break here on the morning after. The best and the worst in the NFL for this upcoming year. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, it is here. Another win total Tuesday, live on the morning after on Sports Grid. Megan Payton live from Los Angeles, where she has been taking in all the all-star festivities all week long, is here once again for a second straight segment. And MP, today's focus is the best and the worst in the National Football League as we get ready for a 2022 season. Because MP, as you well know and as you well believe, the Buffalo Bills are the rightful favorites win the Super Bowl this upcoming season at plus 650 and it was the rookies for the Buffalo Bills reporting to training camp yesterday one of the first two teams to have their rookies report along with the Las Vegas Raiders so we get into it right now because the Bills not only the favorites to win the Super Bowl or the AFC East or the AFC Championship or have Josh Allen who is the favorite to win the NFL MVP they also MP have the highest win total on the board it's 11 and a half where the over is juiced at minus 135. There is another team with a win total of 11 and a half, and that would be the favorites in the NFC, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 11 and a half, even juice on both sides, minus 110 to that over, also on the under as well. You compare these two in our made-up match, Bet MP, who's winning more games this upcoming season? I struggled with this one, Ben, but I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. I feel like, you know, they're more of a secure team in the sense of not much has changed really for the Bills since last offseason. We know how well they did. We know the devastating overtime loss that, in fact, changed the rules of the postseason. We've talked about it so many times. I genuinely feel like it's quarterback Josh Allen's year to shine with Stephon Diggs out there. And, you know, they went and acquired linebacker Von Miller. I think not only does that helped have a player like that on the field, but he's such a leader. So you get your defense, um, you know, kind of more prepared. You bring in guys that can help surround in Buffalo. I I love 11 and a half here. I think that they're going to be competing in a division that, you know, is it just a gimme? It's not a gimme. You know, you you can't ever say it is with the Patriots and the Dolphins. And I'm sorry, not the Jets, but we can talk about them later. (laughs) Whereas the Bucks, um, where the Bucks, I I do think 11 and a half is fair. You can never bet against Tom Brady. Yes, we're not going to see his BFF Rob Gronkowski out there. He shut down those rumors last week saying, no, I'm not coming back. 
I want to go into the business side of things. In fact, Tom Brady, I feel like he might have a little bit more fire than normal because he did say in an interview last week, you know, I don't have five years left. This could be my last year. It could not be. He did the Tom Brady quote. But um, I think Tampa's an interesting position because you think about how good they did last year. And they had a lot of injuries. I mean, we don't talk enough about wide receiver Chris Godwin, uh, running back Leonard Fournette. So you bring, you know, a healthier Buccaneers team. And yeah, 11 and a half seems fair here. I still think Buffalo, maybe it's just luck. Maybe it's gut feeling. Both of these rosters are stacked. I I feel a little bit more comfortable with 11 and a half uh, for Buffalo here. Uh, if we're looking a little bit ahead, and by the way, I'm very excited. You just mentioned rookies are starting to report to training camp. So Ooh. Ben, we are one step closer away from the NFL season. I am getting so ready. We are so close. MP, it feels like this is the final week of the true offseason in the NFL. Right. Rookies reporting all across the league. Veterans will show up next week for training camp. And then the offseason gives way to preseason preparations. And we can stop having some of these conversations. But we enjoy these made-up match bets because you get to compare the best against the best. The favorites in the AFC, the favorites in the NFC. And the market is only agreeing with Megan and giving that love to Buffalo. Because when I first looked at the Bills' win total about two months ago, it was 11 and a half, and the over had a slight bit of juice, but it was minus 115. That has grown by 20 cents. What does that say to me? That either the public or the sharps, the bad guys out there, are betting the over on Buffalo to win at least 12 games this year, and I understand it. The Bills have won double-digit games each of the last three seasons 11 and 6 last year in the regular season just barely under 13 and 3 in 2020 and 10 and 6 in 2019 so they have hovered around this 11 and a half win total pretty much each and every year that we have played football the last three seasons which is very different from buffalo in its history because the last time buffalo before 2020 went over 11 and a half wins was the year 1993 when jim kelly was the quarterback and they lost in their fourth consecutive Super Bowl. So the reason that both of these teams are set up with a large win total at 11 and a half for both the Bills and for the Buccaneers is because they are both pretty heavy odds on favorites, Megan, in their respective divisions. In that AFC East, the market again, growing in favor of Buffalo, minus 180 most of these offseason months. It's only five cents, but still positive market movement. The Bills an odds on favorite at minus 185 yes they will be tested by the pats and the dolphins not your mom's favorite quarterback in zach wilson and the jets but that is why buffalo is set up for 11 and a half wins it's because they're expected to run through their division and at least win four five maybe all six divisional games in 2022 yeah, but when you compare the Bills to in their division compared to other divisions, especially in the AFC, I'd say they don't have it easy, but it's not as bad as it could be when we look at like right. you know divisions like the AFC West. Having said that, I mean, you've got to still factor in the Patriots. It's, as much as we want to say it's over, you know, Tom Brady's left, Mac Jones is coming in. I mean, to me, I can't bet against Bill Belichick. I do think Buffalo is going to uh, win the division. I, they're my odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl, as many sports books are green. But uh, the Patriots, they're, they're preparing to win. I mean, we all laughed whenever they drafted uh, Cole Strange, offensive lineman, in the first round. Many coaches even saying, Sean McVay saying they didn't even have 
have him on a projected second or third round. Having said that, Bill Belichick is a smart coach. There's a reason why he's one of the best to ever do it. And they're going to get some protect protection for Mac Jones. He's going to get um, a little bit more comfortable out there. They went and acquired uh, wide receiver mm -hmm. Devontae Parker. So you can't just completely rule out the Patriots. And then the Dolphins with their new wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. I'm not really buying all of the Miami uh, drama. Everyone's kind of, you know, riding the Tua train. I'm not really there yep. yet. So to me, I'd actually say I think Patriots have a better chance than Dolphins. So to see them tied odds wise is a little bit surprising to me. And then, of course, we've talked about the Jets. And yes, they might have been in the news a lot last week, but not really for their best performance on the field. Zach Wilson wow. is going to have to uh, kind of match up that ego that I feel like has been set up for him this offseason. The Bills right now, minus 185. The second best odds to win any division in the National Football League. The Bucks at minus 290 have the best odds to win any division in the NFL. Minus 290 as a heavy odds-on favorite to win the NFC South, which is interesting for the Buccaneers. When you think about the fact that last year their divisional title in 2021 was the first for Tampa in quite some time. And the Bucs in their division have been very good since Tom Brady has been there. They are 8-4 and four in the last two years straight up against the NFC South. But all four of those losses against the New Orleans Saints. Tom got the best of New Orleans in the 2020 postseason, but all four regular season matchups between the Saints and the Bucs with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay have gone the way of the Saints. Keep an eye on New Orleans' win total of 8.5. That should help them within their own division as well seeing as they've had tom's number and they're pretty good against both the panthers and the falcons speaking mp of those falcons a four and a half win total for atlanta it is tied for the lowest in all of the nfl but at least the over has the juice at minus 120 that means the lowest win total on the entire FanDuel sportsbook the houston texans four and a half where the under has the slight bit of juice at minus 115. So for the Bucks and the Bills, MP, I ask you who wins more games. For the Falcons and the Texans, I ask you who wins the least amount of games between these two clubs. I think Houston wins the least amount of games. I think Houston wins the least amount of games in uh, in the league. Maybe, I mean, maybe we throw Seattle in there. I think Atlanta figures out a way to win five games. I mean, I, you have to have a little bit more faith in, in Marcus Mariota. I do think, you know, I really like wide receiver Drake London, who they drafted this past year. Mm -hmm. And I think that he's going to be a great addition. If you've got a healthy uh, Cordell Patterson out there, I think, you know, that benefits the Falcons. I don't see it going high. They're not going to be a 500 team uh, but the right. Houston Texans there's just not much there to get excited about I mean Davis Mills we're just we're not sure about him there's no proof on him thus far now there has been some reports and articles saying give the guy a chance we might see a big leap for him from him this year I can't buy into that. And so when I look at these two teams, I feel like the yep. Falcons at least have a shot. They have a chance to win five or six games where Houston, yep. it just doesn't seem as likely for me. Listen, you look at the Dirty Birds and you think to yourselves even last year, oh, it was terrible in Atlanta. They won seven games. They were seven right. to 10 straight up last year going well over four and a half. In fact, they've only gone under four and a half four times since the turn of the century, since 2000. So it's not like this Atlanta franchise has been these lovable losers forever. Now, the Texans, in terms of a talent standpoint across the roster, 
yeah, that's a little bit more difficult. But they're sold on Davis Mills. That's why they retain Pep Hamilton as their offensive coordinator, some sort of quarterback guru, it seems, for the now second-year pro in Davis Mills. MP, do you think we'll see a team go winless 0-17 in the 2022 <laughs> NFL season? I'd love to see it, Ben, because that's just, it brings entertainment to us. As much as we want to see a team go 17-0, I want to see a team go 0-17. Unfortunately, I'm not taking the bet here. I think yeah. every team in the league should find a way to win at least one game, but it would be the Seattle Seahawks or it would be the Houston Texans if Ooh. there is no wins for either of those teams. I'm taking no, though, Ben, as much as I want to see it. May I know. As much as we would love the plus 600, not only for a bet, but to see it happen, it would be great. MP, enjoy the festivities at the All-Star Game today. One more morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Starting to feel a lot like college football season. SEC media days roll on into its second day today all the way through Thursday. Big 12 media days was last week and the ACC has media days in store starting tomorrow as well. The Pac-12 and the Big 10 on the horizon out of the Power 5 conferences we still have. But the focus is on the SEC and that means the mouth in the South. Mark Zeno is here as well. Zeno, how juiced up are you? that it's SEC Media Days right now. Uh, as juiced as Greg Sankey is to control the entire football world with one stroke of the pen. Yeah, let's go. I mean, it's, it's let's do this, man. Greg Sankey had a lot to say yesterday. <laughs> it is known as talking season, but that will give way shortly to picking season. And Zeno has some plays for you as we look at the futures market for the SEC right now with the mouth in the south. Some picks in the preseason, but before we get to those picks and how you evaluate where the SEC stands entering 2022, I mentioned SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey got SEC Media Days started yesterday and a huge topic of conversation around the country at every Media Days we will have over the next coming weeks will be conference realignment and where does your specific league stand? Of course, it was the first move that the SEC made Last summer, the seismic shift to bring in Texas and Oklahoma starting in 2025. And when Sankey was asked yesterday if OU and UT joining the SEC is more significant than the Big Ten adding USC and UCLA's, you know, he simply said, yes, I would say that it is. Do you agree with Commissioner Sankey that it means more for the league where it always just means more to add Texas and Oklahoma than the Big Ten adding USC and UCLA? Well, let's look at this just objectively from a financial slash, you know, uh, bottom line standpoint. Texas comes in with its own network uh, that has mm. its own set of advertisers and money and everything else that they'll fold into the SEC. I know you as a perennial uh, college football playoff team contender. Will they be that in the SEC? No, but they are a team that brings that sort of prestige with them and a very large fan base from 
sea to shining sea across America of fans that are loyal to the Sooners. So you got the two biggest programs out of the Big 12. Could you argue that the two biggest programs right now as we sit out of the Pac-12 or USC and UCLA? Probably not. Um, you know, th there's USC typically would be one of them, but they haven't been really that great from a football standpoint in recent years. So uh, you're hoping they both return to prominence from that standpoint. Of course, you get the L.A. market with both of them, but there's, there's pretty much a clear argument that Oregon, Washington, and Utah have all been perennial better football teams in recent years than USC and UCLA. So, uh, yeah, I think the SEC got the better of that deal. Well, significant can mean many things. And when we look at USC and UCLA and where their programs stack up in terms of premier standards in college football and brands, USC and UCLA being in that Los Angeles TV DMA is a rather significant thing. And C to Shining C would be the Big Ten Conference. As far out east as Rutgers, now all the way to Los Angeles and the three biggest television markets. And if we want to take it a step further, yes, I am Big Ten. Ben, TV money would say the Big Ten <laughs> is set to make more than the SEC, at least based on the deal the SEC signed with Disney and ESPN last summer. $3 billion in total, $300 million a year, but that was before Texas and Oklahoma and might be before some other schools join the SEC as well. But it's all part of the fun as we get ready. The conference rivalries that we are going to see across the country in the ever-evolving landscape. But, Zeno, as we look at the odds for this upcoming 2022 season, the Trojans and the Bruins will play in the Pac-12, and, of course, the Sooners and the Longhorns will play in the Big 12. In their odds to win a national championship, there has been tons of public love for USC. Now 20-1 to 1 to win a college football playoff national title. OU has the sixth best price or seventh best price rather at 50 to 1 texas is 80 to 1 and ucla the longest of these four we are referencing at 200 to 1 so now who do you think has the best chance this upcoming season in 2022 to have the most successful season well i've lauded usc for a while now uh just because when i look at a chance for a national title the first question i have to answer is what's the likelihood they'll make the college football playoff and USC has the best chance out of all of those schools just simply because they play in a conference that they can win. They've got probably the best coach in that conference and now maybe one of the top quarterbacks in that conference and all that left OU to go there. So, I mean, the viability of USC to be able to win the Pac-12 is a lot higher this year than Oklahoma to win the Big 12 or either one of those other schools. Texas and, and UCLA, Ben, I wouldn't set your money on fire with a bet with those two teams. So it's not even worth your time or energy to back either one. But USC is going to get a lot of public backing simply because their chances to win the Pac-12 uh, are very high. And as long as they do it with one loss, guess what? They'll be playing in January in the college football playoff. When you get to that scenario, you're talking about a coin flip semifinal game and hopefully a matchup in the final that you can win. So it's not a bad bet for USC at all uh, to go out and win a national title. The path is certainly there for the Trojans. The favorites in the Pac-12 at plus 150. Oklahoma, the favorites in the Big 12 at plus 200. Texas, the second best price in the Big 12 conference this year, plus 250. UCLA, the fourth best number in the Pac-12 at 10 to 1. I have said often, Mark, I'm not buying the preseason hype for USC. My pick to win the Pac-12 is Utah, but OU has made the college football playoff out of the Big 12 four of the eight years in this current four-team format. All right, you are the mouth in the south. 
The focus is on SEC Media Days, currently underway and ongoing on this Tuesday. We should hear from Nick Saban today, the head coach of Alabama. How fun and exciting that should be with the Crimson Tide, the odds-on favorites to win an SEC championship once again, minus 140. Georgia, the second-best price at plus 160. Of course, UGA, the reigning national champions. You know, it was these two teams that not only met in the national championship, but the SEC title game as well in early December last year. Are we in store for a rematch once again in 2022? I mean, there's no reason to think that we're not. Uh, it would require a slip-up of pretty massive proportions. Look, there are reasons to believe that both of these teams could slip up, right? You had Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M beat Alabama last year. And after the bad blood that was drawn between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban this offseason, that, that game may mean more. Texas A&M just has to hold it together against everybody else. And I, I don't think that necessarily their odds are great to do that. But if there was one team out west that I would pick, it would probably them over everybody else. And then on the flip yep. side in the east, you know, the real question is, is when you run it back with Stetson Bennett, what are you really what are you really running it back with like i mean you're not running it back with a high level quarterback here and that defense that lost what was it seven starters to the nfl this year I mean, um may need a week or two to, to come around and they're going to play some high quality competition early on including oregon in week one could they trip up could they slip up possibly but uh you, you're you're talking about two programs that quickly know how to to reload and reset with young talent uh, as two of the best recruiting teams in the country. So uh, I don't think the chances are high that they would slip up more than once. Uh, and, and if that's the case, you'd need a near perfect season from whoever beats them once to be able to do it uh, and sustain that for an entire year. So it looks like we're headed for like Georgia Bama version number five in the last five years. And as Zeno said, there's no reason not to expect that to be the case. Just look at the odds in the divisions in the SEC this year. Alabama is a minus 400 favorite to win the SEC West once again. Georgia is a minus 550 favorite, even better odds to win the SEC East. You know, we included the second best odds of the teams in each division. A&M is plus 600, hoping to rival Alabama. And Kentucky has the second best price in the East at 12 to 1. Who do you think is the best challenger for both Alabama and Georgia within their own divisions or just within the SEC overall? I mean, I, in the West, let's start there because I would look at Brian Kelly and LSU only from the standpoint of the plus coach that Brian Kelly is from Ed Orgeron mm. is pretty significant. Now, LSU has to figure out the quarterback situation, and they've got to figure out what the rest of their offense is going to look like. But isn't that Brian Kelly's specialty? I mean, for crying out loud, he was winning games with Ian Book uh, at Notre Dame at quarterback. So it's not like he necessarily needs high-level quarterback play to be really effective. I just think the, the level of coaching, I think Kelly is a great schemer. Uh, he's a great play caller. And this is a guy that I believe, honestly, can, can change the culture of LSU in one short year. Now, give him another year of recruits under his belt. We'll might, we might may start to see bigger dividends from LSU next year than we would this year. But that's my dark horse out west. And Ben, oh Ben, how could you overlook the Tennessee Volunteers in the oh. East? This is the team. Remember last year for the Mountain in the South, it was death, taxes, and old Miss overs. This year we have pivoted. Death, taxes, and let's go. 
Tennessee. Volunteer me all the way, baby, because the Volunteers are the second best team in the East. That's where you should put your money. They've got a dark horse Heisman candidate in Hendon Hooker, and Josh Heupel has been an incredible you know, infusion of just scheming and play calling and, and offensive mindedness in this Tennessee program. Remember what Tennessee did to Georgia last year. They matched yep. him for a quarter. Now, what is that saying? Not much because you got your butt kicked in the other three quarters, but name another team in the nation other than Alabama who matched Georgia for a quarter. How about nobody? Uh, and, and Kentucky is going to have a real rude awakening. Don't think for one second that Kirby Smart didn't take notes about how the end of that Georgia-Kentucky game went last year when they put that, that final touchdown in and called timeout with four seconds. Oh, Kirby takes – Kirby doesn't like to run it up on anybody. He's that kind of guy. He's going to – pound it down the throats of the Kentucky Wildcats when they come to Athens this year. It's going to be a bloodbath. There will be nothing left of that blue. We all turn purple because it'll be pure blood all over Kentucky this year. But Tennessee is the play, guys. I love their overwind total, seven and a half. That is a, a my big bet this year, like Ole Miss was last year. So follow me with the volunteers here, folks. Tennessee over seven and a half, second best odds to win the SEC East, or I should say that would be my second choice and a flyer to win the SEC East. Love the volunteers of Josh Heupel this year. The Vols 14 to 1, the third best price in the SEC East Division, 50 to 1 to win the conference championship outright. Only one team in the country put up 18 or more points against Georgia's stout defense a season ago. That was Alabama in both the SEC and the national championship games. The third best total, Tennessee, 17 points against UGA during the regular season. All right, quickly here, Zeno. Two teams with new head coaches in the SEC this year. You mentioned Brian Kelly. LSU has a win total of six and a half. As we get this ready to go here, Florida also has a new head coach as Billy Napier steps in for his first year in Gainesville. Six and a half for the Gators as well. Who wins more games in 2022, LSU or Florida? <sighs> That's a, I mean, it's a real tough call from the standpoint of, look, what Billy Napier did at Louisiana was pretty impressive, right? Uh, yep. And I don't know if the same bag of tricks that worked at Louisiana and led them to a 12-game win streak and, and one of the best seasons in school history are going to work in the SEC. I'll lean back on Brian Kelly, even though I think his roster is still a little bit devoid of talent. Um, there's two things. I think Brian Kelly's better with quarterbacks, and you have a better experienced quarterback than what Billy Napier has and Anthony Richardson, whose max passes in a game was 20, and most rushing yards against an SEC team was 26. So it's going to be very tough for yeah. the Gators. The mouth of the South. Mark Zeno, thank you for your SEC insight. More of the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our two hours together here all the morning after live on this Tuesday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM channel 159, the home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid network. I'm Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday, a Tuesday that in Los Angeles is the site for the 2022 MLB All-Star Game, the Midsummer Classic. It fills you with nostalgia and pure Americana. 
under the sunny California sun in Los Angeles tonight. And we detailed the history of this event. The American League has controlled the All-Star Game matchup against the NL. The AL has won eight straight years in 20 of the last 24 Midsummer Classics. The NL has only won three since 1996, yet the National League is the betting favorite tonight. Minus 116, the market working in their favor on that money line inside Dodger Stadium tonight. But where's the best bet? How can we handicap a Major League Baseball All-Star game? We try to do that before we say farewell and before we say goodbye. It's time for an All-Star game best bet. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. Yes, the sample size is there to back the slight money line underdog in the American League. Minus 102, that money line price for the AL as of right now. Or maybe even the under at 7.5, 4 of the last 5 staying under this. 10 of the last 15 staying under 7.5 for a total as well. But there's a lot of interesting markets out there right now. And Clayton Kershaw is getting the start tonight on the bump for the National League against Shohei Otani, who is leading off for the American League. The starter for the AL is Shane, Man Shane McClanahan, but maybe Shohei will pitch at a certain point, but Shohei will lead off in that spot. And it's the first pitch of the game to Shohei Otani. The betting favorite right now is a strike or a foul tip. That's even money, plus 100. But why not take a shot? Why not sprinkle that Shohei makes some contact, puts one into play? That's plus 550. Any other outcome? We're going for plus money tonight at the All-Star Game inside Dodger Stadium. The morning after, each and every weekday, it starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk tomorrow.